Good morning and welcome to Freely Give um, and welcome to another session in Revelation. So this morning we are continuing in the book of Revelation. Um, last time we made it through chapter 7 ending in verse 8 and we saw the sealing of the 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel. So we will pick up in chapter 7, verse 9, and we're going to make it through chapter 8, um, verse 5 today. So I will go ahead and pray and read our scripture. And again, I'm reading from the NLT version, and this is in lesson format. If you'd like a copy, you can email me at McHale at yahoo.com. That's J-E-A-N-N-E. M-C-H-A-L-E at yahoo.com. Okay, let's get started. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this time that we have to um, study your word. We pray, Lord, that you would be with us now and teach us what you would have us to know. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and the elders and the four living beings and they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshiped God. They sang amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said to me, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. They will never again be hungry or thirsty they will never be scorched by the heat of the sun, for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. When the lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. I saw the angels who stand before God. I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and they were given seven trumpets. Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar, and a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar 
and threw it down upon earth. And thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. Okay, so there's a lot there. So let's get started. All right. So in verse 9, that's chapter 7, how big was the crowd and what were they holding in their hands? This is a vast crowd, um, too great to count, from every nation, tribe, and people, and language. They were clothed in white robes, and they held palm branches in their hands. And the palm branches in their hands, of course, is going to instantly cause us to think about another crowd um, back in the book of John that had palm branches, and we will discuss that. Um, regarding the palm branches, David Guzik has this quote in his Bible commentary. The palm, the ensign of triumph, indicates most certainly a conflict and conquest. As on earth, palm would not be given if not one. We may conclude that the Lord would not have distributed the prize unless there had been a preceding warfare and victory. So in this particular case, this crowd had won the victory, and we know how they won it through their faith in Christ. The Bible tells us here that they have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. Now, when we look at the crowd back in John chapter 12, um, starting at verse 12, um, it says, The next day the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. So there's two different crowds here. And um, this crowd back in Jerusalem, when Jesus was riding in, our question here is, what is the crowd shouting? How do they address Jesus? Well, what they're shouting is, "Blessing, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And how do they address Jesus? Hail to the King of Israel. So they're um, looking at Jesus as an earthly king, looking to him for earthly blessings. They want, they want a king now that can get them out of their situation. And what the problem is, in essence, is they're coming to Jesus on their terms and they're not coming to him on his terms. And we can only come to God on his terms. And so we look now then at the 
the group that is standing before the throne and what do they have to say? Um, what are they saying about God? We look. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. So they're acknowledging salvation. Um, they came to Christ for salvation. And their robes were washed in the blood of the Lamb. And that is on that is on God's terms. That's how we come to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that is by salvation. And how did they address Jesus? As the Lamb. So they're acknowledging he is the Lamb of God. And another point here is the crowd in Jerusalem picked up their own palm branches, trying to do things their own way in their own time. And this crowd here in heaven was awarded the palm branches. And so it's a whole different scenario here. Two different crowds and two different results. So we will see. And then, um, all right, so that's the lesson there, of course, is that we come to God on his terms and we submit to his will. Okay, so moving on in verses 13 and 14, what did the elder ask John in verse 13? And what principle does this illustrate? And I love this. Um, then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? So he's asking John a question to stir up some curiosity and to get an answer. And the principle is from Proverbs 27:17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I do love having Bible studies with friends and having biblical conversations with friends, because as I'm sure you know, um, when we do that, and when we go to church and we listen to a great Bible study, when we allow ourselves to be taught, we always come out better for it. We always learn something. God speaks to us. And specifically here, um, that iron sharpens iron. It's that personal interaction, that one-on-one -on -one interaction. And we get that when we do interact with our friends or our small groups. Um things like that, we always come out learning something. And um, so that's a great, a great illustration of that principle. So um, our next question, where did this crowd come from? And this crowd comes from, it tells us, the great tribulation. And we saw the crowd of martyrs, it says these were the ones that were, um, killed in the great tribulation killed for their faith and we saw a crowd of martyrs in chapter six and they cried out to god and we saw them under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of god and for being faithful in their testimony and so um Here's the group standing there 
before the throne. And um, so they are right there in front of the throne. So we saw them earlier and we saw them pray um, and ask, how long, O oh Lord? And a lot of us have prayed that many times. And here they are standing in front of the throne. So what promises are given to them? The promises are they stand, that they get to stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. He shelters them. They will never be hungry or thirsty or scorched by the sun. The lamb will be their shepherd and lead them to springs of life-giving water. And God will wipe away every tear. And when it says the lamb will be their shepherd, what, of course, do we think of? We think of Psalm 23, because the Lord is our shepherd. And he does lead us beside still waters. And he does restore our soul. And he does walk with us. Um, so that is a great promise to us. And this, these verses um, show us an application of that. And that is uh, awesome to see. Okay, we are now going into chapter 8, and in this chapter, Jesus opens the seventh seal. So I wanted to take a moment and just touch a little bit on the timeline in here. Um, the timeline isn't really clear. I wanted to read a, um, a comment by... Um, David Guzik, he says, in considering how the seals and the trumpets relate to each other, some believe they are sequential and that the seventh seal contains the seven trumpets and the seventh trumpet contains the seven bowls of judgment. Yet there are problems with a sequential approach. But if the trumpets simply follow in sequence to the seals, then it is a striking display of God's mercy in stretching out the end and allowing repentance. And he says, since John brings a report from eternity, it is difficult to assign a chronological and sequential element to these judgments. It is most important to emphasize that they are real, even if their sequence is hard to pin down with certainty. So, we're not certain of the sequence here. It's not, it's not noted. Um, so I just wanted to put that in there. And uh, okay, so we're going to go on. So we note in chapter eight that when the lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence throughout heaven for about a half an hour. Um, and that that is the subject of great opinion um with many of the commentators and um i've read things about the calm before the storm or different things um john corson says this as the prayers of the saints mixed with Christ's intercession, rise to the ears of the Father. God silences everything in heaven 
to zero in on the prayers being offered to him. Um, because this is a time of judgment, my first thought was, and actually still is, that it's simply a time of grief in heaven at what man has brought upon himself. I don't, I don't believe at all that this is what God wanted for mankind. And I believe he is grieved that mankind has brought this upon himself. Um, so personally, I think that's simply a time of grief, but we don't know. It's not, it's not stated. Um, so we move on. Um, what were the angels given in verse two? They were given seven trumpets. There were seven angels and they were given seven trumpets. Now, um, this is interesting right here where we have this. Um, the question here is what did the angel have and what was given to him? And then what happened to our prayers? This is interesting. Um, it says, then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar and a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth. And thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. What is very interesting here is that whole process. And we see a very, a very similar thing happen one other time in scripture, um, in Numbers chapter 16, you probably are familiar with the um, rebellion of Korah when Moses and Aaron, when they're in, when they're in the wilderness and Korah and a couple of others, it ends up to be 250 people, but, um, the main people are Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. They challenge Moses's authority. Um, they suddenly decide that he's not called by God, that um, why is he the leader? And they challenge his authority. And this is where... Um, him and it ends up to be a total of 250 people. Um, the earth ends up opening up, swallowing him up, and the 200, the 250 men that were challenging Moses and Aaron's authority that were holding these um, incense burners or censers, they're known as also, that the priests use, um, they thought they could could do that as well, um, hold that office, fire came out from the Lord and burned them up. And one of Aaron's sons, Eleazar, was, in, was instructed to pick up those incense burners. And 
cover the altar with it as a as a message to the rest of the Israelites that only those that were called, only Aaron's sons were the ones that could could perform that office. The very next day, the Israelites, um, I don't know if it was some or all of them, the congregation, it says, but the very next morning, the whole community of Israel began muttering against again against Moses and Aaron saying you have killed the Lord's people as the community gathered and this is numbers chapter 41 I'm I'm so sorry numbers chapter 16 starting at verse 41 but the very next morning the whole community of Israel began muttering against Moses and Aaron saying you have killed the Lord's people as the community gathered to protest against Moses and Aaron, they turned toward the tabernacle and saw that the cloud had covered it and the glorious presence of the Lord appeared. Moses and Aaron came and stood in front of the tabernacle and the Lord said to Moses, get away from all these people so that I can instantly destroy them. But Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground and Moses said to Aaron quick take an incense burner and place burning coals on it from the altar lay incense on it and carry it out among the people to purify them and make them right with the Lord the Lord's anger is blazing against them the plague has already begun Aaron did as Moses told him and ran out among the people. The plague had already began to strike down the people, but Aaron burned the incense and purified the people. He stood between the dead and the living, and the plague stopped. But 14,700 people died in that plague, in addition to those who had died in the affair involving Korah. Then because the plague had stopped, Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tabernacle. So we see the incense burner being used in a similar way. And the result was that the plague was stopped. And what's interesting is, is Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, At verse 22, he said, in fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive, but it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. So it's possible that we see this process happening. It's possible that we see this um, because it's God's mercy going down to earth there. And that's God's mercy shortening things so that there will be um, people left for the sake of God's elect. And that is something to think about. And God's mercy is always something to meditate upon. So I will leave you with that. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day. God bless you.